Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, these two readings today are joined by the reality that bad things happen to good people. And of course, the preeminent example of that is Job. And in the first reading, three friends have come to commiserate with Job and to convince him that it's because of his faults, his, his faults, his bad behavior, something he did wrong, that he finds himself in this horrible, horrible situation where all his property have been taken away, all his relatives have died, and he is in extreme misery. And these friends come to him and say, well, of course, this is your fault. <laughs> Those are friends. So what happens? Job is relentless in expressing the, his re conviction that it was for no sin of his own, no, no sin, no misbehavior, nothing. There is no justification for the situation he finds himself in. And more to the point, more to the point, he affirms that God knows it, that God knows this. And that God is a just God. That this situation he finds himself is not because of anything he has done. And more to the point, he, he proclaims or affirms that God will vindicate him. That God will vindicate him. And he says so strongly, as for me, I know that my vindicator lives. And that he will at last stand forth upon the dust, whom I myself shall see. And of course, that couldn't happen if he was in the wrong, if he was unjust. My own eyes, not another's, shall behold God. And from my flesh I shall see God. My inmost being is consumed with longing, longing for justice longing from the just, from the, for the justice that only God will give. Jesus, when he sends off the disciples in this passage from St. Luke, he sends off these 72 other disciples. What does he say? Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Jesus would never, if he were alive today, he would never be found on Madison Avenue. He was not a salesman. He was not. He was not. He's sending these people out and he says, you're going to be in for it. You're going to be in for it. And this is true for every disciple. I'm sending you out like lambs, innocent, good, virtuous, among wolves. And this happens in ministry. People in ministry are misunderstood. They're suspected. They're challenged. They're even told they're wrong. What do they have to do? They have to be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. And to wait for the Lord with courage. What does Jesus tell the 72 disciples? If you go to any town and they don't accept you, shake the dust from your feet. You know, shaking the dust from your feet is what every pious Jew did when he came back from the marketplace shaking that evil dust off his feet, especially if he was among pagans, among Gentiles. 
So Jesus is saying, if they don't accept you, act like you would toward the Gentiles. Shake the dust from your feet. Shake the dust from your feet. But you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. It takes simplicity. It takes virtue. It takes, above all, a deep trust in the providence of God. It takes resiliency. Resiliency is a key uh, characteristic, must be a key characteristic of a disciple. What are we talking about? To bend but not break. To bend but not break. To fall and get up and keep going. And in a very childlike, wonderfully simple way, that was the case with St. Therese of Lisieux. St. Therese of Lisieux, but for the grace of God, she could have gone in another way. After all, she was the favorite child. She was doted on. If you read the story of a soul, she, she was spoiled rotten. <laughs> they loved her so much. Like, she never wanted for anything. <laughs> Waited on hand and foot. But as a child, in a moment of grace, Jesus came to her in a special way and made her his own. Made her his own. So that she was inspired by her older sisters, especially the oldest, to want to enter into Carmel. To want to enter into Carmel at the age of 15. And she had the uh, fortitude, really, it was a virtue of fortitude, to express this to the Pope in an audience when she was expected to be just quiet. You know, she went there on a pilgrimage during the Jubilee for Leo XIII, and there's the Holy Father sitting there, and she kneels before him to get the usual blessing, not supposed to say anything, and she says, Holy Father, permit me to go into Carmel. <laughs> you know? And good old Leo looked down and said, Good for you, but if God wills. If God wills. And so it happened. Within a year... Her own bishop relented and the superior relented and she entered into Carmel. And she was a wonderfully, wonderfully uh, mature for her age by the grace of God working in and through her religious sister. By outward appearance, ordinary as can be. Inwardly devoted to God two ways. St. Therese was devoted to scripture. She read the Bible all the time. Secondly, she was so grateful and devoted to the liturgy, the hours, the breviary. And she was so happy that it was her turn to sing. She could say, say the same prayers uh, that the priest prayed. And she thought that was wonderful. So she was very devout. But she was devout with a very strong sense of charity very strong sense of charity, especially toward those she lived with. Wonderful sister, able to overlook others' faults and to pray for them and even to see their faults, in one case, as music. As music. Think of that. What a grace. What a grace. Uh, it's providential that we have this reading of the 72 disciples. Why? Because she became the patroness of the missions. She was actually on the ver verge of accepting an appointment to go to leave France, to go to uh, Vietnam, when she was stricken with the illness that would eventually kill her. 
that would eventually kill her. She, for the better part of two years, endured great suffering. Endured great suffering. And again, why do bad things happen to good people? We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. We need a savior. This world was not fallen. It wouldn't need a savior. And we know we need a savior. So again, wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord.